Is Dallas a situation to avoid in fantasy circles? What should you look for from a fantasy standpoint in the Super Bowl? And the prognosticator himself, Alex Kaganowski, drops in for the prop bets you need to hammer this Super Bowl Sunday. Plus, the 2018 Football Guys Players Championship $15,000 second runner-up Mike Pareka hangs out with us to discuss how high he is on Alvin Kamara next season, why he waited on grabbing a tight end in his draft, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, when laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good, there lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he was. They did the job, money came with ease, but one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease. He robbed another and another, and a sister and a brother. Tried to rob a man who was a DC undercover. The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Shot for the head, he shot back, but he missed her. Looked around good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Thanks a lot, Rob. Salutations. Zach and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle. Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, are we about to witness Rob Gronkowski's last game, how high we are on Saquon Barkley for 2019, and 2018 FPC $15,000 third place winner Mike Pareka helps us preview the Super Bowl along with the prognosticator, giving you his prop bets to play and more. Dave, I actually was emailing with the prognosticator earlier today. I want to welcome in Dave Gerzak to the show. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Um, want to make sure your mic is on there. I'm not sure if I turned it on. Um, yep. There you uh, go. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm Sorry. Good. I'm glad. I was emailing the uh, prognosticator earlier today. Did you tell you what you kind of want to do a little bit more? What do you mean? We had a private conversation where he said, you know, if you want me to talk more about the philosophy behind the way I do a lot of these things. Oh. Because, you know, you, know, you kind of mentioned a lot of these clowns on, like, Sirius XM who pretend that they know what they're doing. They yeah. totally don't know what they're doing. I've uh, sensed that from listening to a lot of Sirius XM yeah, the yeah, last yeah, couple yeah. of weeks. Exactly. So, you know, he could actually get into more of the philosophy as well as probably the recent problems. Yeah. But I think that, so we can keep on, you know, I have to see having like 12, 15 minutes or whatever. Yeah, no. at least 15, hopefully. Very good. Yeah. So, just wanted to put that out. But I was well, supposed to talk about it earlier. That, I wouldn't worry about it. I think we're going to let it, you know, any, we're always blessed anytime we get the prognosticator on. We're going to let him take it the way he wants. Um, I, I, anyway. He's the boss. I had some props that I posted that I liked, um, which I actually I mentioned on the show with Leo Balti today. <laughs> um, and we're going to run those by uh, Alex uh, tonight. He said he was actually already on a few of them. So he said, I'm not sure if that's good or bad for you <laughs> or me or both. Right, yeah. So we'll find out. Very good. Cool. So that'll be fun tonight. I want to remind everybody uh, that if you are looking in for some year-round fantasy football fun, go to myffpc.com. Check out the Orphan Dynasty League that we have posted up there. Uh, some of them have been selling, um, you know, fairly quickly after they post. Some of them have been up there for uh, a couple of weeks, and the prices have been lowered. So check that out right now. 
and uh, see if there's anything that you want to get involved in. We won't have any startup leagues this year unless the, you know, until all the orphans are, are sold out. So uh, your best bet if you want to get involved in Dynasty is picking up one of these orphans right now. Fantastic deals out there, too. Really good uh, stuff uh, for you if you want to play Dynasty. That is where to go. If you want to play for best ball uh, for 2019, same website, myffpc.com. We've had Best ball is up for about two weeks now, I think. Um, we'll actually be referencing our 2019 FFPC Best Ball ADP throughout the broadcast tonight as well. Real ADP from Real Money Leagues. With real rookies. With real rookies, 80 of them. I might, actually, probably more than 80 yeah, now. We're on 100. Yeah, 100 rookies or so. Do we have, uh, I have a question. Do we have the rookie kickers in, Dave? Do we have any rookie kickers in there? I think we did put some in the first okay. place. All right. And there, we also added someone today. Uh, somebody at the Bears signs some dude. Okay. Uh, I don't know, Durbin Kinwood or some crap. Oh, Durbin Kinwood. I don't even know. Right I'll look at his name. Maybe it's Kerbin Dinwood. We don't know. That, that, like, that sounds closer. He actually will be in the player pool and eligible for drafting. We have uh, super flexes, double ups, and best balls all at myffpc.com. $35, $77, $250 levels right now. So check that out. Also, I'd be remiss to, if I didn't mention, um, we, we released the, the registration for. Who was it? Redford Jones. Redford Jones. We were, <laughs> at least we were close. Um, we released the registration for Genesis Revelations and the live on High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour drafts. Uh, those have since all been filled, so I'm not announcing that tonight. However, for the first time ever, we um, are launching a third 150 classic that is drafting on the same night as Genesis and Revelations, Dave. Is that, can, can you confirm that? Yes, it is. Same night. And uh, it is called the Apocalypse League. Um, Chris helped me now. With, you didn't provide any feedback, so Chris's vote. You know, I, nothing. here's the thing. I feel like um, we were, we were going to do a, a best ball battle between Genesis and Revelations a few years ago, and we were going to call it the Apocalypse League. Oh, yeah. So I, I, when Chris said that, I was like, well, yeah, I think that's what we were going to go with a couple years ago. That never materialized, so I thought that was perfect. Listen, I'm not, yeah. not going to create a new idea when the first one already knocked it out of the park. Uh, I think we have, what, how many spots available on that? Eight, nine, ten? Something ten, ten. ten spots available on that, so sign up for that. And I believe the plan is to cover that draft uh, at least partially on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour sure. that night as well. Uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to our very patient guest who has uh, not only been on the phone line for a while, this is a guy that I've wanted to have on the show for some time. I'm very excited to bring him on tonight. He's just enjoyed his second top eight overall finish in the Football Guys Players Championship within the last five years. He placed 11th overall in the FFPC main event back in 2016. He's here tonight to talk about his third place overall finish in the 2018 FPC and the $15,000 prize that came with it. Please welcome onto these airways for the first time, finally, it is Mr. Mike Pareka. Mike, welcome into the show, man, and happy Super Bowl weekend. Eric and Dave, how are you? Can you hear me okay? You are coming through A-OK, Mike. It's, uh, listen, uh, you know, it, it, you've had a lot of success in the FFPC over the years, and, and finally we get you on, and it, and it just took until February of 2019 like we planned it all along. <laughs> It was worth the wait. It's an honor to finally be on your show. Well, that's it's excellent to hear. When you are not uh, doing very well in the FPC and the main event, can you tell the listeners and, and us what you're doing for a living? Yeah, I'm a pharmaceutical rep. I've been a drug rep for like the last 20 years. Nice. Now, that's not a fancy, fancy uh, moniker for drug dealer, is it? <laughs> yeah. No. No. Okay, good. Prescription drugs, it's all on the up and up. Drugs tonight. only. Yes. Perfect. They have their own lobbyists and corporations. Right. It's the profit. Oh, it's big. It's big. Yeah. It's not the backwards way. Yeah, it is. Listen, 
We all want to be regulated, Dave. That's, that's the big thing. We all want to be in a regulated industry so everything is, uh, is on the up and up. And I'll tell you what else is on the up and up, Dave. Mike's performance in the FPC this year. Yeah, you took third place, 15 grams. Sorry, it wasn't more. Um, uh, well, you don't have to always I, apologize. Well, I mean, I'd like it to be like 50. I would so, too. Anyway, so after you drafted this team, we've asked people this before. Did you take a look at it and you're like, wow, this team is pretty awesome. I, I think they might have a shot to really finish high. Um, yeah, I was happy with the top four. Um, obviously, you, everybody has like their top list, and you know, and each kind of tier who you want to hit. And I definitely, you know, when I got two, I got picked five. I knew there was, you know, a good chance I would get Kamara, and I was hoping for Adams coming back in the second round. So that went to plan, and getting Juju in the fourth, uh, you know, I was happy. So from there on in, it was like gravy. You now I just got to just add on. Yeah, that's nice. I, I'm, we're interviewing a lot of the people who had had success in, in 2018, Mike, and, and I, I look at a lot of these draft boards um, when we, you know, when I'm researching for the show to, to, to you know, kind of look at how you built or how everybody built these teams. And I got to tell you, not that they're all blending in, but I will say <clears throat> for a lot of these teams, they looked very similar uh, to, to the team that you had built. I mean, you, you really played the hits here with, with a lot of the guys uh, that you had in your squad. I mean, you already mentioned a couple of them with, uh, with, with Kamara in the first, then you come back with Devontae Adams in the second, um, and then you had uh, Juju in the fourth, I think has been really, really popular as far as uh, those uh, players go this year. Juju, man, was huge this past year. And I don't know if, if, if um, you know, because it was his second year in the league. I don't think we're going to see a receiver who was a rookie this past season that could maybe assume the title of the 2019 version of Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, maybe Calvin Ridley, maybe DJ Moore, but I really don't see either of those guys doing what Juju did this past year, Mike. Yeah, no, I remember uh, seeing, I, I, think, I think it was the last Steeler preseason game or third or fourth, and they just went no huddle, up-tempo, like the whole first quarter, and that's what I made up my mind. I'm like, yeah, I want as a piece of as many Steelers as I can. I figured Ben was going to air it out this year. And, you know, once Lev held out, then that just made the receivers more valuable, even though Connor did well. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Connor too, I mean, he had a great season, but this was one of Ben Roethlisberger's best season ever as a pro. I mean, 5,000-plus yardage. I've been looking at the team now that you, that you assembled here. Kamara, Adams, and you went Joe Mixon in the third, Juju Smith-Schuster in the fourth, obviously. You get Derrick Henry in the fifth, who was beastly down the stretch. Oh, he was huge. Uh, Deion Lewis, Corey Davis. George Kittle was your eighth-round pick, and I think we're going to get into that uh, in, in, uh, in a little bit. But let's, let's get back to Kamara at, at the five. You had the opportunity to draft at the 105, Mike. Antonio Brown, you could have gone with DeAndre Hopkins. Melvin Gordon was out there as well. I don't think he was really going in the mid-first, but, you know, maybe some people were considering him there. You went with Alvin Kamara, and I don't want to seem like that was, um, you know, this, this out-of-nowhere pick because a lot of people were taking him at the 105. But as you look forward to this coming year, you know, Mark Ingram's going to be a free agent. Obviously, we don't know what, what, what's going to happen with Antonio Brown. Melvin Gordon said he's, he's waiting to sign an extension until to see what Le'Veon Bell does. Is Kamara the guy that you would take over all three of those guys again in, in 2019 drafts? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, if uh, Ingram isn't there, this, I think we all saw what he did when he was the only show in town this first four weeks. Um, I went all in on Kamara the year before. Um, after seeing him in the preseason, I was like, all right, I don't care if they have Peterson and Ingram. He's always hurt. I, I got Kamara on almost every team I had. I had him on like four of my five main event teams. So the previous year, I'm, same thing. If you look at all those top teams from the previous year, they all had Kamara on there because they all got him in like the 
whatever, 11th, 12th, 13th round. All right, so we're going to play a little Would You Rather. Okay, this is probably, you know what, you, Dave, you and I are of the same mind here. I totally right. agree. Go ahead. All right, so let's say. So this is, who, who would you rather draft yeah, in 2019? Yeah, exactly. Okay, it's right. your choice, and this player is on the board. Um, let's see, we'll start with. Um, let's say you've narrowed it down to these two players. Which one are you taking? Ezekiel Elliott or Kamara. And Ingram's not there? Uh, yeah, let's say let's say for the sake of argument, Ingram signs with somebody else. Like uh, so, it's Kamara in the backfield. They maybe they add they added like a day three guy in the draft, something like that. So no no real threat to Kamara touches. Yeah, it, it'd be real tough. I mean, obviously, if I had two teams picking the same spot, I would take <laughs> one in each of them just to cover my bet. But um, <laughs> All right. I'd probably go with Kamar just because Breeze, I don't think he has the downfield arm strength anymore. And I mean, he, he just seems to, to lock in on these short passes. So, you know, maybe 60, 40 Kamar. All right. Very good. Um, let's go to uh, Todd. I may or may not be injured. Gurley. Ooh, this is a good one. Gurley or Kamara. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. yeah I mean, okay. Mike. I mean, up until week 12, it was, you know, it was Gurley, but I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's mental Physical. I'm hoping something comes out later that he was actually hurt. But um, yeah, it's, as of right now, with C.J. Anderson then playing the majority of the snaps, I'd have to go Kamar unless we know something else is going right. on with Gurley. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, two, two more. Uh, we're gonna go with this one. You know, I, this, for a lot of people, this won't be a hard one, but we're gonna see if it's hard for you. Saquon Barkley or Kamara. Yeah, I'm taking Barkley. Yeah. And and the last and the last one I know who Dave's going after. Yeah, and my my wonderful boyfriend from Stanford, Justin <laughs> McCaffrey. I'd still have to go Kamar. Even I mean, McCaffrey. Oh, he, dare you. He, he, he looked amazing. <laughs> I, I, did, I don't know if he could stay healthy with that kind of workload. You know, thirty touches every game. Fair enough. Yeah. I here's 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 the larger discussion here. We we've often talked about certain years of, of fantasy football not knowing maybe the one oh one was a slam dunk, but if it wasn't, it was usually like this guy or this guy. In rare occasions, yeah. very rare occasions, maybe it was this guy, this guy, or a third guy. Dave, this next season, for the sake of argument, let's say Ingram signs somewhere else, you're going to have Elliott, Kamara, Barkley, McCaffrey, Gurley. You're going to have a – if Le'Veon – Melvin Gordon, maybe on Bell. Yeah, I don't think Melvin Gordon would be in, but Le'Veon Bell would, would be involved in the first pick overall. There's, first pick overall. Depending upon where he goes, maybe. I'm just talking about – I'm sorry, you meant the first pick First overall pick, I'm yeah. I'm the first round. I think it's a really deep round. Yeah, and then it's going to be like, okay, well, when do we start cracking the receivers open here after these running backs? You know, at what point – you know, is DeAndre Hopkins a get for right? Well, I should t- bring this up right now. In FFPC basketball draft, DeAndre Hopkins is the first receiver going on average at the 107. But as the sixth overall player drafted, that's kind of weird. But he's going behind Barkley, Gurley, Elliott, McCaffrey, and Kamara. So you're having all those guys, and then actually uh, Melvin Gordon right after that. Plus James Conner going at the 111 too. That's interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, let's get into uh, the tight end conversation. Yeah, it wouldn't be FFPC if you don't talk about tight ends a little bit. You happen to pick a guy that I didn't draft at all because I'm an idiot, George Kittle. <laughs> Uh, great choice. I don't know why I didn't pick Taylor anywhere. Um, anyway, uh, you, stumbled, you didn't stumble upon greatness. That's what the question says. You're obviously smart. You took him in the eighth round, and do you plan on uh, following a similar strategy in your drafts this season? And if you do, is there anything when you're eyeballing already early in you know, early February here? 
No, I mean, I know it's tight end premium for your format, but I rarely ever start two tight ends. Um, I typically will hammer running backs and receivers, and I try to get a late flyer on somebody that can be my, you know, tight end and outperform his ADP. Um, this past year it was Kittle, Ebron, and Hooper were the three I was kind of targeting for that, like, with eight through 12th round. But, unfortunately, I panicked and cut Hooper and most of the ones I drafted him because they started off slow. But, yeah, Ebron really – exceeded everybody's expertise. It was crazy. No, go ahead. Well one of the, I had Ebron a few leagues in Kentucky and I I, I I ended up getting whipsawed on him a few times where, you know, he had his great game tonight serving in a bad game and eventually had a good game. And I feel like I, I feel like I only got like fifty percent of Ebron's awesomeness this year. Or did, did you have that issue at all, or, or you just you just like you just roll them out the whole time? I just rolled them out the whole time, and I, I like with the whole quarterback situation with San Fran, and you know Kittle had been injury prone, and I, I always liked him, but I was keeping Ebron in. So I remember uh, week fourteen is finally when I benched Ebron and started Kittle, and Kittle like dropped two hundred. That it was that game he went crazy, like two hundred yards, in, like the first half or something. Um, and that's when <laughs> I pretty much said. Yeah, and, and Eron started laying goose eggs down the stretch, so uh, it wound up working out okay. Third place overall in the Football Guys Players Championship this past season, it is Mike Poraka joining Eric Balfman and Dave Gerzak here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on a Super Bowl weekend in 2019. At what point, Mike, did, did you, as you're following, you know, I know you have a bunch of teams, but you're following this and obviously was doing very well, 10-1 and one in the regular season in the Football Guys Players Championship before you moved on to the championship round. At what point in the season did you kind of think like, hey, this team has the opportunity not only to hang around near the top of the overall leaderboard, but maybe take down the grand prize? Um, not really during the regular season because I, I was so deep. I was constantly leaving points from the bench. I had Lindsey, Tyler Boyd. I, mean, I was I could never make the right call with those guys. And, um, you know, I love Aaron Jones. I kept starting Aaron Jones for like the first – Whatever. As soon as he got back in, I kept starting him in like weeks four through six, and McCarthy wouldn't give him the ball. So I, I seemed to never start the right guys in that on that team all year until once uh, it was after that week fourteen week when when all of a sudden Henry went nuts against Jacksonville and Kittle went nuts, and I was like, this team might have a shot. I mean, I didn't pay much attention to this team because my my one other team finished the regular season ninth overall. That was the team I thought had it was loaded. I thought it had a legit shot. But everybody who had Connor pretty much saw their hopes go down. I lost Connor, Odell, and that team kind of fizzled out. So, yeah, once Henry went so off, I was ask, like, okay. Good. So, Mike, let me ask you about Henry a little bit. So, was, was Henry had a – he didn't do much, and then he had that massive week. Was that week 13, and then you started in week 14 where he also had another great week? Or, was, or did you actually start him the first week that he went crazy? No, I didn't start him that – first week because uh, I remember looking right, at the leaderboard right. uh, and because my one team was ninth overall so I was checking the leaderboard and I'm like look at all these guys who started Henry against Jacksonville I, I would have never thought to do that but um, right, it right. was the following week yeah if I had started him that week then yeah, I probably would have won I don't know but uh, I didn't have the well, guts to start him yeah, so, yeah. right and you had a deep team but it's interesting because actually when I, I remember that the second the week after the first one I and, and, and I think almost everyone, I have Henry on a dynasty team. I did not start him that week either. Um, 
But the following week, I looked at a lot of them, like rankings, whether it's football guys, draft or whatever, and they still had Henry like in the mid to low 20s. And I'm like, you know, dude, Henry just seems like real woke. And like, he, he, to me, he felt like he should have been more of a top 10, top 12 back. And they just, he wasn't, I, don't felt, I felt he wasn't ranked properly. I ended up starting where I could. And it looks like you did too. So that was a really good move on your part. Good job, buddy. Yeah, I, I remember he was playing the Giants. It was a rainy game. I was like, it was a setup for him to get 30 touches. I don't know what, I was looking at the same rankings because I had, you know, Lindsey, all these other guys that could start. I was really deep at running back, and I'm like, I don't care. I, I can't not start Henry and watch him get 30 <laughs> carries and run rough shot over the Giants. Exactly. I totally agree. Yeah. They, they, they were big favorites, and it's like, you know, this is a game that he should kill it. Yeah. And, and that leads into it, Dave. With, with the whole Ebron, I know you guys are, we were discussing Eric Ebron before with, and with Derrick Henry, and I don't know if there is any kind of, you know, any kind of call to action like, hey, i got to find a way to get Eric Ebron in my starting lineup in week 16. Like, did, I mean, was there any, how difficult was it to, to sit him there? I mean, with, with the season that he had already put out there for you, you, you had a, it was a good problem to have because you had a lot of excellent players Ultimately, though, Ebron found his way on your bench. I'm just curious, sort of, your thought process on that. Yeah, um, well, I, I almost started him because I, I lost Aaron Jones and Tyler Boyd in week 15. So, like, I was down to nothing. I was just like, I was like, oh, man, I don't have anything left. And there was that rumor that um, Rodgers might not play. And I was like, I, I have Devontae Adams. And if Rodgers doesn't play week 16, he stinks. And Juju pulled a hamstring. <laughs> On like a Thursday practice, he was like questionable. <laughs> I was like down to nothing, but um, I, I would have had to start game. a baby. Oh man! But uh, yeah, I looked at um, I looked at the top five teams. Four of the top five teams all had Kittle, and I was second going into the final week. And I think eight of the top ten all had Kittle on there. So I was debating that might make them, you know, if I bench Kittle and he he lays a goose egg, and I start Ebron. That could be the differentiator, but I was, I was like, you know what? I got too much to lose. I, I was like, I'll just, I'll keep pace with uh, everybody else. If everybody has Kittle, I know if I have Kittle, I'm going to keep pace with everybody. And just figured I had between Henry, I had a couple of other guys, Henry and Lindsay. I'm like, maybe that'll make up the difference somewhere else. Yeah, it's always a, it's a, it's a tough decision when you when you have that that level of talent when you're trying to make up in that in that final week. There's there's really no easy way to do it. I think you you handle it about as, as well as anybody could have for sure. Uh, moving on here, Mike. It is Super Bowl weekend. It is the Rams taking on the Patriots. Uh, Super Bowl Fifty Three coming up Sunday night. I'm just curious if you have any thoughts. Uh, I, I know the preparation for the game uh, has taken its toll on anybody who listens to sports talk radio uh, and, and, you know, hearing everybody talk about this one game basically for two weeks on end. Do you have anything that, that you want to share about how you see this game going or, or a prediction that, that you want to make of, of who is going to be the next Super Bowl champion? Well, I mean, I think the Patriots are going to win just based on experience, but I mean, the blueprints there on how to beat the Patriots. I mean, all the, Patriots assistants who take jobs somewhere else, they all beat the Patriots by pressuring Brady up the middle and the, the Rams are set up there with Sue and Donald to you know, to give him pressure up the middle, but I don't I don't know if Goff's gonna be able to uh you know do what it takes. If Gurley's not hundred percent healthy, I don't know if they can put the game in Goff's hands and have him beat Belichick. 
Yeah, I'm, I, well, I mean, I, I, we don't have really a, a, a spot there where you and I are making predictions on this, but I, I, I do have the, I do have the uh, Patriots winning 26-23 on Sunday night. That is my bold prediction for the Super Bowl. Yeah, the the uh, Pats and the under is what, I, is what I'm looking at. All right, I can see that happening. Yeah, well, well what do you see happening? You know, I haven't really thought about all that closely to be truthful. Um, it's almost impossible for me to bet against Belichick and Brady at this point. Um, but, you know, even given that, I mean, the, the public knows all that, right? And they're only fair by, what, two and a half? Yeah. The fact that it's not three is a little bit troubling to me, actually, on the Patriots factor. Because a lot of times, my buddy Leroy and I used to always say this, two and a half and three and a half, not only don't they win, well, not only don't they cover, they don't even win a lot of times. Right, right, yeah. So to take the dog with a plus two and a half or plus three and a half, a lot of times works out. So I might have to take the Rams. I might have to lean Rams on it if I'm betting. Yeah, interesting. You know what? I think I am going to bet on There you go. Well, I'll look at it. Let's be, before we'll get into some more Super Bowl talk later on in the show, but as long as we have Mike here, there were a couple of emails that came in for you, uh, Mike, and I, I wanted to read them and, and have you uh, answer them here. And actually, this is a Patriots question right away. Tom and Peter, South Dakota. Hi, Mike. Do you expect the Patriots to remain an elite offense next year again with Brady coming back with Edelman, Michelle, and White? Thank you for the email, Tom, and Peaver, South Dakota. As we look forward to 2019, Mike, do you see much changing on New England? I mean, I know there's rumors that Gronk may be retiring, but, you know, Edelman, White, Michelle, Brady, these guys should all be back. How do you view the Patriots offense next season? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously I would only want Edelman. White and Michelle, they have to bring somebody else in on the outside. And it's a shame Josh Gordon couldn't uh, straighten things out and be a part of that offense. But uh, as long as they have McDaniel's there, I mean they're going to be effective. And it's just you never know. They got three running backs there, and it's just like uh, at least hopefully Michelle gets to be more of a part of the passing game next year. He could be a monster. And, and he might be a monster uh, indeed, uh, for sure. One more email before we uh, get to the next uh, question for you here, Mike. Bill in Norcross, Georgia. Is it crazy to think that Patrick Mahomes throws another 50 touchdowns again in 2019 and that Damian Williams, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey are all huge studs again? Congrats in the FPC that is built in Norcross, Georgia. Thank you for the email. Bill, your thoughts on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs as we look to the 2019 season with that dominant offense, Mike? Yeah, I mean, just based on the skill set, I don't see any reason why he can't. But, I mean, history shows typically they will regress. But, I mean, I, everybody's going to want a piece of Hill, Kelsey, Damian Williams. I mean, Watkins missed half the year. If he can stay healthy, it's another weapon. So, I think everybody's going to want a piece of the Chiefs offense next year. And I, I hope they do do it. They're exciting. I mean, I, I, I love high-scoring offenses in fantasy football. Yeah, it's fun, man. I, I, I got to tell you, I love this. I love watching the Chiefs play. Mahomes is so great. Um, question here. So we need to know, because Balky and I can't think for ourselves. We, we always take advice. We can't think for ourselves. We would rather take advice from people much smarter than so us. So we're going to write this down, and we'd like you to give us a player you'll be staying away from in the early rounds. This is for redraft purposes, not dynasty. Early rounds next season, and a sleeper that is poised to break out in 2019. Getting my pen out. Um. People, I mean, I guess avoid maybe next year is uh, one is A.J. Green. I think his body's breaking down. It's a shame. But uh, I think Tyler Boyd and uh, Joe Mixon will be more part of the offense. And I don't know. I always liked A.J. Green. I like his skill set. But uh, I don't know. Every year he, he's hurt by the end of the year. And you got Dalton gets hurt. And you just can't count on him in the playoffs. 
What about a guy that's then, uh, maybe a mid-round pick or, or, or anybody, any sleeper that's flying under the radar that you think will continue to fly under the radar for 2019 drafts? I don't know if he'll fly under the radar, but if he's healthy, I'd like to see what McKinnon can do in that Kyle Shanahan 49er offense. He just makes any running back, you know, instantly valuable. And, you know, with his skills, he's perfect for that. I mean, he really should be, you know, a, whatever, top, 24 pick if he's healthy with that offense around him. You know, what's interesting about that so, is, is uh, yeah. let, let me just, um, th- this is an interesting, okay, let me just tell you this right now, an FFPC best ball draft. Why don't you think it's a yeah, sorry, I'm just, I, every time I, I stop reading, I'm like, oh, there's this guy too. Right now, Jarek McKinnon is going at the 507 in best ball draft. Now that is the exact same ADP as Kareem Hunt and Chris Carson. They're all going at the 507 right now on average. That is one spot behind James White, and it is six spots ahead, uh, no, seven spots ahead of Mark Ingram. So that is a little interesting end of the fifth round there with Hunt, McKinnon, and Carson all, you know, bunched up behind or between James White and Mark Ingram. Very compelling stuff. It's very early yet, but this is the kind of stuff we like talking about on this show for sure. Mike Pareka, uh, the third place winner in the Football Guys Players Championship, joining us tonight. Before I let you go, Mike, one last question. $15,000, that is a nice return on your entry fee to the FPC. Do you have those funds earmarked for something fun, perhaps reinvestment into more fantasy leagues? What, what are your plans with that cash? Yeah, definitely reinvesting in more fantasy drafts. But uh, uh, hopefully I can make it out to Vegas next year for your uh, your big draft party. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go out to Cancun with a girlfriend in a couple of months, take a nice vacation, get ready oh, that's for the awesome. NFL draft. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's cool, man. I that, love that is the way to do it, and it is the way to do it having Mike Vareca on your High Stakes Fantasy Football podcast. We certainly appreciated you coming on to my, uh, tonight, Mike. Uh, best of luck to you uh, in 2019. Enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday. Enjoy the Cancun vacation, and best of luck in draft season, dude. Thanks for popping on the show. Thanks a lot, and you guys stay warm out there in your polar vortex. <laughs> it's awful. We'll do our best. I might have to put on a jacket sooner or later, Mike. What's your, right. what's your first, please, huh? Yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> All right, dude, be good. We'll talk again soon. All right, have a good night. See ya. Mike Pareka, ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl weekend. We bring out the, the, the heavy hitters. Third place in the FPC. Had a lot of success. I mean, 11th place in the main event before. Oh, he's, um, he's a great player. Already finished. I mean, this is his second top eight overall finish in the FPC in the last five years. So, I mean, he knows where it's at. Good stuff from him. That's right. You know, by the way, if you have a polar uh, police vest, it doesn't protect you from the polar vortex. Anyway. No, it does not. It absolutely does not. What is it, Gore-Tex vest? I'm going to tell you. It's too hard to say, Gore-Tex vest. Yeah, it, it is difficult to say. I'm going to tell you this. Um, we got a couple of minutes here. The prop nosticator, Alex Kaganowski, joining us uh, in about 15 minutes or so here. Where are you going to be on the ski hill in Vermont? Because yeah. Alex spends his weekend skiing. Well, as long as we're talking about skiing, let me tell you about. So I, I knew we were going to get a lot of snow this week. I knew we, we, we were going to be very cold. I rarely wear gloves when I go outside because typically if I'm outside in this weather, unless I'm shoveling snow, then I wear gloves. Um, but I'm just, you know, walking from my car to a building, a building to my car, what have you. The, now, granted, I park a little bit further away at, at my quote-unquote day job, and so it is a little bit of a hike to get in. But they, my fingers, the tips of my fingers would wrinkle up as if I was in the pool 
for like a half hour or an hour. That I mean, that's how cold it got. So then I had to break up. Walking outside. I and I wasn't. And, yeah, and I wasn't wearing gloves. So fi- so finally on Tuesday, Tuesday I finally started wearing gloves, and then it got a little bit better. Um, By the way, one of the brands that we carry. Yeah. Team yeah. sells gloves. Right. Yeah. No. I, I have I have gloves. It's not like I didn't have gloves. I just chose not to wear them. So then on Tuesday, actually, I'm like, man, I got to start wearing gloves again. And so I did. Um, but then, and I was emailing. Uh, I have an uncle who lives in California who says I'm a moron for living here. And, and I was emailing back and forth with well, him. Well, like the guy said, who lives in California should not be throwing any any right, yeah. anywhere else. So he. Um, so I said to him that um, I'm, you know, like I wake up in the morning, I I go to the gym, I leave the gym, I go to work, I leave work to go to do my radio show, and then I leave the radio show to go back to work, and then I leave work to, to go home. So I'm constantly, like, I'm, I, I never get warm. Like, I'm always going outside every few hours or a couple hours or whatever it is, um, and, and I never got warm the entire time. Today, it was like, what, what was it? What was the high of today? Did it get up to 10? It was like 13 and 13, sunny. Right, yeah. It felt like it felt. Help. People are going to say, like, we're nuts for this. It felt warm. It felt nice. It, and, like, it I wasn't wearing gloves. My hands were great. I didn't wear anything on my head. It was, it was, it felt great. It felt fantastic. And tomorrow, it's going to be, like, 35, 40. It's going to be, I'm, I'm not wearing shorts. I was reading articles that you have to be careful. There could be a lot of water main breaks. I think Chicago was having this um, because of the rapid um, change in temperature. Uh, the soil is impacted, and then the pipes can't take it. I also saw in Chicago they were lighting the the uh, Amtrak uh, rails on fire to keep them from freezing. Never saw that before. That is crazy stuff. A um, little bit of a somber note. I, I I felt like we should mention this tonight. I started playing fantasy football in uh, the early '90s, right when uh, one Wade Wilson uh, was was sort of ending his career. And I, I drafted him in a couple of spots a couple of times. He never did much for me. Um, and uh, and I, sh- I should mention that um, he passed away today. It was uh, Wade Wilson's 60th birthday today. Passes away. Um, and, and I don't know the cause of death or anything like that. Obviously, 60 years, uh, much too young for, for him to go by the wayside. And uh, I certainly uh, want to send uh, thoughts and well wishes to uh, to Wade Wilson. And I, normally I don't make a big deal out of something like this, but I just, I, you know, it's a fantasy football show. I do remember him drafting right when I started playing fantasy football. Uh, so it's just weird to see, and, and certainly, it, you know, it's, it, it's weird. Super Bowl weekend, dude dies right on his 60th birthday. Uh, crazy stuff. So hopefully his uh, his family, uh, friends, all uh, all doing as well as they can be in this uh, difficult time. I want to thank football guys, Roto World, Roto Pass, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Speaking of those Cowboys, Dave, ESPN's Todd Archer has reported that they are not going to extend Jason Garrett's contract heading into the final year of his deal. Uh, Adam Schefter actually put that out on Twitter. Uh, he is now on the hot seat officially, and this is a guy that we thought would be fired a few times over now but Jerry Jones always kept him on. Now, what's interesting about this, Dave, is Kellen Moore has been promoted to the offensive coordinator for Dallas. I believe he is 29 years old. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, a boys, former Boise State quarterback. I barely remember him you know, ever exiting the, the playing arena to the coaching arena. And John Kitna, another former quarterback, is now the Cowboys' head coach, does not have any NFL coaching experience. 
at quarterbacks coach for That's Dallas. Sorry, did I say head coach? Yeah, you're here. This is his 2020 ball. He was, yeah, he, he was the head coach for some high school teams, but he, yeah. he hasn't had any NFL coaching experience. That's why so John Kittner was coaching in high school. Right. They pulled him out of high school. He's now the quarterback's coach for Dallas. Kellen Moore, 29-year-old Kellen Moore is the OC. And Jason so, Garrett's not having his contract extended. This has, like... This is a strong McVay you know, going to Dallas. Maybe. But, I mean, this, to me, has, like, 6 and 10, 7 and 9 written all over it. I like Ezekiel Elliott next year, but, man, now I'm... I'm having second thoughts about the Cowboys' offense in general. This, you know, we could call a dumpster fire before it actually, you know, the lighter fluid is on it. It's all soaked with gasoline, but nobody's lit that match yet. And it's, like, it's like an air track. That, yeah, exactly. That match won't be lit maybe until the start of the 2019 season, but do you think fantasy owners are better off looking elsewhere at the point where Elliott, Cooper, and Prescott are going in drafts? I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, I know these guys are new on the scene, but you know the talent of the players, Cooper actually – redeemed himself as a decent player once he escaped the uh, Raiders. Uh, Prescott, you know, I, I, can, I continually will say Prescott's underrated, and it's due to the offensive line, due to Elliott. And Prescott has some good talent himself. He's a good ball player. And he's, I think he'll, again, mature and grow a little bit this next year. I think the Cowboys are fine, fine to have on their team. I mean, I, I don't, Beasley's going to be gone, so I'm curious right. just to see, is, does Gal take that next step? Is there somebody else who comes in? Um, there was a couple guys at the Senior Bowl who actually would be good slot receivers for the Cowboys. I wonder if either of those get drafted. Um, Renfro, Hunter Renfro caught the, the, caught the winning uh, touchdown a couple years ago in the national championship game. Alexander or something like that? Uh, that sounds familiar. But yeah, I, he had a really good game. He's a, he might actually try to play on the outside. But I, don't, I forgot his name. Mari Cooper going at the 309 in FFPC drafts the same ADP as one Stephon Diggs. I think I might rather have Diggs than Cooper there uh, at that spot. Then it gets a little bit interesting. Uh, after uh, after Amari Cooper goes, uh, A.J. Green, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, the next four receivers off the board after Cooper. Obviously, we all know Ezekiel Elliott is a slam-dunk top five pick in ADP right now. Let's move on and talk about the Carolina Football Panthers. Ron Rivera saying that Cam Newton has already shown marked, appro- marked improvement uh, in a Thursday interview from the Charlotte Observer. Uh, The quote from Rivera, I was there in one of his recovery days when he was working out, and one of the things he did say was that he has gotten a lot of range of motion back. Uh, Newton's uh, operation, according to Rivera, was as minimally invasive as possible, Dave, and I think this whole Cam Newton might miss the 2019 season. It's all much ado about nothing. I think this guy is going to be loaded and ready to go, and he might not miss time, very much time in training camp in the preseason as well. Yeah, actually, I agree with you. I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a big Cam fan, and I feel pretty good about him again this year. Coming up, I really do. And by that transitive property, you also probably like Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. Um, we'll have to see what happens with the tight end. I think Greg Olson's going to be back. I think Ian Thomas could be an interesting guy to grab at the end of your draft, given Greg Olson's proclivity for being hurt the last couple of years. And we saw what Thomas did in limited action in Olsen's stead uh, last season. So I think that, you know, and he's a bit of a pedigree guy. Greg Olsen going at the 11.06 in, in drafts right now in uh, FFPC. Ian Thomas going at the 12.11. So they are very, very close in ADP. Very true. And by the way, that receiver's name was Andy Isabella, not Issa Alexander, so it's way wrong. Yeah, Issa Alexander, I think, is an actor. Uh, UMass wide receiver Andy Isabella. He was 7 for 74 in a score um, – Oh, in the senior bowl he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. He was. He got a lot of looks that game. Yeah. He looked very, very and good. Our friend, um, 
What's his name now? Our buddy from Fantasy Football Metrics. R.C. Fisher. R.C. Fisher, I think, likes him. Okay. He's, he's, I, I'm subscribing to his site, and I keep him talking up him as, as a player. Perhaps that is the Cole Beasley replacement in Dallas. It could be. Well, we'll see. It, although Andy Isabella is aging, I did read this. So he's like the next Brandon Cooks. Just because he wants to give him a lot of money, because yeah. he has to really have him play out. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, even if he can't, just the thought that he could. Right. But exactly. that's all you need. Just plant the seed. Plant yeah. the seed. Rob Gronkowski talked about the grind and the up-and-down nature of the NFL season this past Wednesday, according to NBC Sports Boston. I'm going to read what Gronk said. You tell me if this is a guy who is ready to come back for the 2019 season, Dave. Just try and imagine getting hit all the time and trying to be where you want to be every day in life. It's tough. It's difficult. Abusing your body isn't what your brain wants. I just took 50 collisions, and then like the next day, everyone wants you to be up. They want practice full speed. Next week, they want the game to be full speed, but they don't understand sometimes what players are going through with their bodies, with their minds. Yeah, how profound. Uh, very profound, very introspective, and is it very telling of where Gronk is going to be starting week one of the NFL season? Can I get a percentage chance from you that he is a Patriot? Not that he's a Patriot, that he is playing in the NFL somewhere and active week one of the season. I'm actually, well, I'm pretty pessimistic about him coming back. I think 35%. Okay, let me ask you this. 35% with any team. What's the percentage chance he comes back with New England? Is it 30, also 35% or does it get a little bit lower? So I would say that the chances, if he comes back with New England, is probably 80% New England, 80%, 90%. I think most okay. or so like that, that's 28% that, There you go. That's what I was looking for. Okay, so basically he, you do not think he's going to be back, but if he, he does come back, he will be a Patriot, catching he, passes from Brady. In my opinion, I mean, who knows? You know, this guy, he is a little flake. He is a 4-3 flake on our flake scale. Okay. Our Jeff flake scale. Right. Um. Uh, you know, he does have so many other options. He saved a lot of money. He's been really good with his money fiscally, so it sounds like he's in good shape there. I think, you know, he's talked about playing and you know, doing wrestling or acting or whatever, and I think that's a good feature for him. So if he wants to do that, go for it. He is going at the 803 in uh, FFPC drafts right now. I think you would say that is too high. At what point would you be taking Gronkowski if you're drafting right now? You know, I think the eighth and ninth round isn't bad because, I mean, even for a guy that you think is only a 65% chance of coming back? Well, I mean, if he comes back, there's a, if he comes back, there's a chance that he actually could play 12 to 14. He could play all 16 games technically. Right. And he still could be a pretty dominant player. I do think it is a little bit on the early side. But, you know, he's not that far removed from, you know, a top three tight end finish. It's, yeah. Uh, he does have that potential. Let me ask you something. Who would you rather have? Uh, who would you rather draft, Rob Minkowski or your boy Chris Herndon? In redraft. <laughs> I'd probably, God, I'd probably even heard that. Oh, that's crazy. Well, it's not crazy. It's just crazy to hear out loud. I, I don't know if I agree I with know, you, but I, I know, certainly can't say I vehemently Her- disagree with you. Herman was, I really like Herman a lot. I gotta tell you. Really Rob Gronkowski or the guy who apparently is going to be back in Green Bay, Jimmy Graham? I'll take Rob. And Rob Gronkowski or Greg Olson? I'll take Olson and I'll take, no, the Olson with Ian Thomas is such a nice pair. You're grabbing the 16th round. Well, but I'm just saying in ADP right now, Olson's going at the 1106. Ian Thomas is actually going in the very next round in the 12th. So you, That's fine. 11, 12, so you go back to back with them. Yeah. 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 Best ball makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Saquon Barkley was named the Pepsi NFL rookie of the year, according to NorthJersey.com. Barkley bested Baker Mayfield. This is a fan vote that he won the prize. Now, Barkley was the number two overall pick. He had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, 15 touchdowns, and his offense was no bueno. Uh, During the NFL Honors event tomorrow night, 
The Offensive uh, Rookie of the Year uh, award awarded by the Associated Press is going to be given. We'll see if he wins it over Mayfield. You had uh, an impassioned tweet about the number one overall pick being Saquon Barkley and how you thought, hey, wait a minute, well, why not Christian McCaffrey over Barkley? I, you know, I, my, you know I, I, I can totally see the point for Barkley, and that's fine. Um, however, having said that, in the last, I think, six or seven weeks of the season, I believe, I don't have the numbers in front of you, but I believe McCaffrey outscored Barkley by seven points a game. That's not nothing. Seven points a game is a lot. I think McCaffrey averaged, again, I'm just throwing numbers out there, around 30 points a game, and Barkley averaged around 23. Those are both great. Those great. Right. And the argument, I think you and I talked about this, that, you know, Cam was dumping it off because he couldn't run his back was hurt all the time, this and that. McCaffrey's a, a playmaker. He is. Yeah. Barkley is a very, very good player as well, and I think he's a playmaker as well. I don't know. I mean, I just, when a player, McCaffrey, just set the running back all-time receptions record for a single season, breaking in LT's record, yeah. that is something that you can't just dismiss because Barkley is the second coming of Jesus Christ or whomever, whoever your deity is. A lot. Exactly. So I think that a case can be made. Justin Trudeau. I think a case can be made for CMC being a higher scoring player with a higher floor. I, would, you know, I think it's undisputable that he has a higher floor than Barkley on a weekly basis. Right. Okay. That makes, makes a lot of sense. Can we throw the narrative? I don't say though that I will take. I mean, if I had the one pick, I probably would take Barkley. Okay. Um, so if I had three teams, I'd probably take two Barkley, one McCaffrey. Can we say this? Can we say that the narrative or a reason not to take Barkley next season is because he doesn't play on a very good offense? Can we throw that out the window? Or is that still what viable? Do you, what do you mean? He did not play on a very good offense right. this year. He crushed it. Now, for anybody who's saying, I wouldn't take Barkley over, let's say, Todd Gurley, or let's say, right. um, uh, who's another good example? I guess he can use McCaffrey. You could say that, uh, I don't like Barkley as I much as those guys because Barkley doesn't play in a very good offense. Well, it's true, and it, it, there's no reason. I mean, you regress towards the mean, which would be an improvement, of course, technically. But uh, what are they improving? What have they improved? What's better? If you draft a rookie quarterback for a place, not hey, Eli, well, is he going to be better? Is, right. Josh, is the next Josh Rosen going to be better? Is the next any rookie going to be better? But my point is if you're having a conversation with somebody uh, about the number one overall pick, you can't – they can't – and they're saying, I don't want to take Barkley first of all, and you say, why? To, for them to say it's because he doesn't play on a very good offense, that is no longer a valid reason given he did not play on a good offense this last year and was unbelievably awesome. You know, I, or is there still some merit to that? I think saying he's unbelievably awesome is a little bit. Well, he was very good. I he think was he was good. better than very good. Okay, I mean, I wouldn't call. I don't think he was unbelievably awesome for that for that I offense. Mean, I thought he was. But now you're qualified. You just said he was unbelievably awesome. Okay, well then maybe I misspoke. But but my, I think for a running back in his situation last year, what he did was pretty insane, insanely incredible. Now, that's another qualifier. He was unbelievably awesome in that situation okay, and so insanely he, incredible. So, you know, you can make the same, you can make, the funny thing is you can make a lot of these cases interestingly different. Let's just say... Interestingly different. Exactly. I, look at this adverb adjective uh, action we got going on tonight. I swear, if we were on, if my Hemingway app was looking at this, it would be right. like striking everything. <laughs> so, like, if you, if you all of a sudden took Barkley and somehow traded him to the Chiefs... Right. Well, would you say, holy crap, he's on the best offense in football. I oh, see what you're saying. Holy crap, okay. Donald Hook. Oh, wait, we have Tyreek Hill. Oh, oh Kelsey's got to get fed. And Stanley Watts puts him out of here. Right. You know, if you're the only guy on the biggest piece of crap team in football, and you actually have a somewhat okay offensive ground, I mean, you know, the, the Giants did have ODB most of the year. Yeah, they did. 
Well, I don't know. I mean, he's a great ball player. I think he's going to be fine. Okay. But keep in mind that, you know, sophomore year, second year, sometimes running backs fall off the map. They have bad years. Sophomore slumps, sure. There's a sophomore slump. I mean, Caffrey beat that. He actually did much better as a, as a second-year player than as a first-year player. And he actually looked physically different, I thought, coming into his second year than his first year. Barkley, I don't think he got much more rocked up. No, it's going to be tough. I yeah. got to tell you, he's a pretty darn good shape. Go from Sequoias to Giant Sequoias <laughs> for those guys. That's yeah, he's amazing. He's a, he's a great, great running guy. Speaking of rocked up, let's get to our next guest on the show tonight. Now, this guy is rocked up. I believe he is uh, in between state compliance meetings right now, trying to keep the FFPC active. I'm That's certainly hilarious. very appreciative for him carving out some time in his schedule tonight. Please welcome uh, Steve Rubaker. One of, no, not oh. Steve Rubaker. Uh, one of the co-founders of the Fantasy Football Players Championship, Alex Taganowski. It is the prognosticator joining us on the airwaves once again. Prognosticator, how's it going, man? Very good, very good. Thank you for having me. It's been exactly a year, I think, since the last time I spoke to you <laughs> on this show. Yeah. 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 Well, usually you can't be bothered. We don't want to bother you. It, um, it's, it's sort of like um, a lot of these hosts on Saturday Night and I'll try to keep this Saturday Night Live thing quick because I know how Dave's uh, affection for it. Yep. But a lot, you thank you very much. I, I, it's a lot of these hosts that have been coming back that I haven't hosted in like 15 or 20 years. That the, the joke and the monologue is always like, yeah, the last time I hosted the show was 1994, and I did so good. They just brought me back in 2018, <laughs> which is sort of like what we do with, with you every single year. Um, we, always, we always like having you on when we talk Super Bowl prop bets, uh, and this, this year is no different. I felt um, something interesting uh, with all these other states um, passing sports betting. It's not just Vegas. Uh, that you can make these bets anymore. I mean, you can do it legally in, in a lot of states across the country. So there's a whole new wave of bettors that, that can get involved, that can start placing these prop bets legally. And obviously they don't have a, a wealth of experience of, of how to do it properly. Um, I think that before we get into the actual prop bets, I would love if you could offer some tips and, and how to not only make prop bets enjoyable for the Super Bowl, but how to make them uh, profitable. Uh, Alex, can you can you share your insight on that? Sure. Um, and for those who, I guess I could start for those who don't know me and why I got the uh, this uh, wonderful nickname. Um, you know, I, I've been uh, betting props probably for close to twenty years, and and I think um, about fifteen years ago, or was it? Yeah, maybe twelve years ago or something like that. I was on Scott Atkins's uh, podcast and. And um, on a regular basis, and we used to do this segment uh, with the um, with the props, uh, with the prop betting, and and um, you know, so I have had experience. I guess is is my point. I, I don't think I'm, um, you know, I'm an expert at it by any means. I'm certainly not going to call myself the group, um, uh, but I do have experience, and I do have quite a bit of it. And you know, I guess I could tell yeah, I have no, a pretty. Can I interrupt you quick? Say again. Are, are you like your? Can I interrupt you real quick? Were you the original Vegas Whisper? Oh, you know, the original I, I Vegas what? The Vegas Whisper. You know, on Twitter, I hear Scott a lot of times. Scott Atkins is telling Vegas Whispers. It's this, it's this betting site. Anyway, I'm kind of digressing. I'll let you go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I don't know who Vegas Whisper is. Um, All right, well, <laughs> I guess my point is what I wanted to say is I have a little bit of a track record, but but I think the one thing that Anyone who wants to get into the the prop betting, uh, and I'm speaking strictly for prop betting. I mean, if you want to be a you know, uh, uh, if you want to bet on sports, that's not what I'm you know, I'm not here to tell you how to do that. But as far as prop goes, if you, props goes, if you want to bet on it during the course of the year, if you want to, uh, not just the Super Bowl, 
uh, you want to do that on a regular basis. Uh, I mean, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely some rules to that game. And if you follow those rules, I think you could definitely increase your chance of being successful. But, but the best, I think the best rule I could give or the best advice I could give to people, especially fantasy players, is you're not special. And, and, and what I mean by that is you're not special, you know, because you, just because you know projections, just because you know fantasy, and maybe you've done really well in season long, FIPC, wherever, DFS, just because you've won some leagues and you could project and, you know, all that kind of stuff, that doesn't mean it's going to translate into you winning props or, or, or you know, knowing what a good bet is. So I'm not special either, and neither are you. And, that, and I think that attitude, <laughs> and, and I think, no, but I'm serious. I think that attitude, that attitude is going to save you money, and it's going to allow you to be on the right side. I agree with you, actually. You know, Alex, I may give you a few ground rules. I'm, I'm, I, might, I might break one of your, I might soil one of your ground rules here. I wasn't actually there, and I tell a little quick story. I think my buddy Kurt was there, and I just said, I mean, it was in TI a number of years ago, and we were betting on the Chiefs over for a season-long win. And the line was like 130 or whatever it was, and you were like, you know, I never, I never, I never lay more than 135. I never, never. And you're like, swear up, and I'm like, no, whatever, I don't, I don't care. So, like, I give Kirk 500 bucks because the T.I. had the best line. I'm like, hey, bet it at one, minus 130 on the Chiefs to go over eight wins or whatever it was. So he bets it, and he, you know, he gets to take it back. And you were right after him, and you had, like, this big wad of cash, and you walked up to the guy, and you're like, ah, what's the line of the Chiefs? He's like, oh, oh, it's just moved to minus, like, minus 140 or 150. And you, like, and you just took your money, and you put it right back in your pocket, and you walked. <laughs> So, you believe in those rules, buddy. I'm telling you, and Kurt was like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't even bet anything on it. <laughs> That's fantastic. I don't know yeah. if I've ever heard that story before. Alex, is that yeah. true? It, yep, that happened. That happened exactly the way you described it. I don't know exactly what the odds were, but yeah, that's exactly what happened. But that, <laughs> that goes. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, so that that is, uh, I guess, rule number one. And you know, there's no particular order. I'm not, you know, I don't have them written in front of me. So I'm just going to shoot them off, you know, uh, just off the top of my head. But, but I guess that could be rule number one, and at least for me, um, rule number one for me is never lay more, more than uh, a certain amount of wood. You know, so whether it's thirty cents, thirty-five, forty, you know, whatever you feel comfortable. For me, it was always around the thirty, thirty-five cent area. I, I never wanted to lay more than that. Um, so I think that's important. Yeah, and and also on that note, I think you should also always be aware of the spread. So what the spread is, for those who may not know, is, you know, when you look at at the line, let's say, you know, the Rams are favored uh, by two and a half minus ten cents, and um, I'm not the Rams, I'm sorry, the Patriots are favored by two and a half minus ten cents, and coming back around, it's it's the Rams. Half also minus ten cents. So the spread on that bet is three cents. Typically, on prop bets, the spread is a little bit higher. But sometimes, depending on what site you're on, they raise the spread even higher than what it the normal you know what the normal spread should be. So to me, a, a good a decent spread is is thirty cents. I think you you know once you go past start start to go higher than thirty cents and to the forty cent range. You should be looking for a different site. So, uh, so that's a, that's a really good rule of thumb. Now, the spread starts to vary once you get into, once it starts to go higher. So, like once it goes to like you know minus 180 on one side, it doesn't 
go to minus 140 on the other side. So the spread does start start to open up as you start as it starts to go up. Uh, but generally speaking, for like the regular bets, you don't want the spread to be more than about 30 cents. That's actually really good advice because you see that a lot of times it'll be like. Uh, you know, Edelman receptions, so say six and a half, minus one fifteen over, minus one fifteen under. But if you see like minus one thirty, and then like you know plus one ten or something in the other direction, I guess. Well, it would be minus one thirty, minus one ten is a good example of a bad spread. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going the wrong one. Sorry, you're right. <laughs> Sorry. See, I'm so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and I and, and I'll give you I'll give you a real life example of that. Um, so my my buddy and I who you know we we do a lot of you know these prop prop bets, uh, especially at this time of the year. Um, I, I he's kind of in in this industry, I guess. Um, keep in mind, I'm in New York, so the industry. The only way we could get in the you know the get these plays in is kind of like you know the offshore industry, right? So um, so anyway, so I told him to get a few accounts <laughs> for us. So Long Island, Long Island, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, so I told him, I said, get us a couple of accounts open so that, you know, we could peruse through the through the, uh, the prop bets and, and, you know, see what we could find. And obviously, you know, not just open accounts, but make sure they have high enough accounts since we're, you know, we're splitting the bets half and half anyway. And plus, you know, we like to kind of, you know, go a little bit heavy on the Super Bowl. So anyway, so he found this one account and I started looking at it and I'm looking at the spread. I'm like, I go to him. What the heck's going on? What's wrong with this? What's wrong with this site that you got? The spread was sixty cents. Sixty cents. <laughs> and I and I had a and here and here's and and this was this was a specifically done. The guy who set up the account for him knew what he was doing. He kind of probably thought that maybe he was dealing with a, you know somebody who you know slightly sharper, and he. You know, basically, he's like, listen, if I'm going to give an account to, to a guy who's sharp, I'm going to raise the spread. Because I, I had another account on the same exact site where the spread was much lower. It was regular. It was about $0.30 cents spread. So, anyway, long story short, with the spread, be careful. Don't get caught into in the spread. Right. That's, yeah, that's good advice. That's actually really good deal. Let's get into some of the props. Uh, I I had written some down. You know, just now I didn't. I, I looked at the what the Westgate uh, Superbook had available, and I did not go through all thousand of them or whatever it was. But I did peruse through a few of them. Some of them st- stood out to me, and we'll just kind of go through these uh, one by one. You, you, you can offer um, some some analysis on why you like it or why you don't like it, or maybe offer some that you like too. Um, I, I think if you look at the, the first down total, while the Rams have been in control of that, the team, this is the team to get the most first downs. Um, the Rams actually have, I think it was like 36 or 37 more first downs on the season. Um, but since Josh Gordon was out, uh, New England has really um, switched to this sort of ball control offense where they're focused on moving the chains with James White, with Julian Edelman, with Sony Michelle. And the second half of the season, it's been completely different. New England's really been dominant in that category. So I really like New England to get more first downs than the Rams uh, in the Super Bowl, Alex. Okay, so I, I really like your analysis. And, I, uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm totally not going to argue with it. Um, I'm not going to argue with it to the point that I'm going to say that I'm – going to completely lay off that bet if I was to look at it. Um, and, and it's totally fine. I think your analysis is, I'm not, you know, being facetious. It's good analysis. But to me, I look at a play like that, that's a game prop, 
right? That's not really a player prop. That's a game prop, which is fine. You know, you, you game props are, are, are inbounds as well. But game props are generated by basically uh, the uh, line makers taking millions of statistics and analyzing them over the course of, you know, thousands of games and just coming up with a, basically with an average and then applying them, you know, setting a line to them and then saying, okay, well, here it is. You know, which side do you want? Now, of course, you can analyze it and you could, and you could kind of handicap it and, and you just did. But to me... There's, you know, that's not that's not a bet that I that that's not a bet that I could probably correctly handicap to my liking. So, so I would say lay off a bet like that. Uh, the James White one over 53 and a half receiving yards. To, like the only thing that would give me pause in this to, to say the under is the fact that to me it just seems like it's a slam dunk over, and oftentimes the slam dunks. They don't always work out a slam. Yeah, and, and you know what? Successfully, because that's that's one I would be looking at here. Do you? What about the the James White receiving uh, over or under fifty three and a half? Okay, so that's a really interesting one because when that when that prop opened up, um, when I guess when West uh, Westgate and Pinnacle and all these you know the big sites first announced the player props, I believe Pinnacle had them at forty four and a half. And uh, 44 and a half wow. total receiving yards. Yeah, so so that started getting crushed. I believe if you look at look at Pinnacle now, I think it's minus 200 on the over. So you have to lay two to one to take over 44. Interestingly enough, they haven't moved it. So um, so you could still you know if you want to lay minus 200 um, and go against you know the theory that I talked about, you could still do it. Um, now other sites the ones that maybe didn't open so, as early as Pinnacle and Westgate, when they opened it, they opened around 51, 52, 53. So at that point, that's when I kind of stepped in and I started looking at it um, for myself. And I saw some, I saw a line, I think the one that I liked the most was about 54 and a half under plus 20 cents. And to me, mm. that's, that's a line that I like. Uh, I like, first of all, I guess that's, so another rule that I have um, is don't get, you know, don't get fascinated by the favorites. Uh, really, really stay away from as many favorites as possible. So, so a plus line is your friend. Just because a line is a plus, just because you're getting plus 10, plus 20, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you're the underdog. You're getting the, the wrong side of the bet. And what I mean by that is, a lot of these lines move simply by the way the action is dictated, right? So, you know, if the majority of the people think uh, are betting over, well, does that make them right? No, it doesn't make them necessarily right. But the site is moving the line, and then you come in and you look, you know, you take advantage of, of the other side. So, so that's how I like to look at it a lot of times. Um, in this particular situation, I think if it was a even money, I would probably look at both sides equally. But if I'm seeing plus 20 on the under and I'm seeing like 54 and a half, I feel like maybe I'm getting an extra yard uh, versus, let's say, what some other uh, uh, sites are, are offering. I'll take the under under plus 20. Uh, I have a fourth quarter lead change, yes or no. The yes getting plus 210 right now. You know, to me, I, I envision this as a close game. Uh, I can see the lead change. But plus 210, it, it just seems so juicy there. That I mean, those I just... Like I, I, I really want to play that. Is is that one that you'd be comfortable handicapping? 
Yeah, so that's one of the uh, game props that I saw on one of the sites that I was examining uh, last week. And when I that's that uh, play caught my eye immediately because I saw it at 250 or 260. And I put it in immediately because I saw the value in that. Um, and, uh, you know, again, this is generated the same exact way that I told you about that first down line. It's generated, you know, with just millions of statistical statistics. And I guess, you know, fourth quarter doesn't really have a lot of lead changes. But I still feel that if you're getting enough, you know, almost three to one in my case, I feel it's a really good play. I think once it gets down closer to two to one, then you got to think twice about it, maybe stay off off it. But again, if you're getting a if you're getting a favorable line, then I like that. I think this next one is a statistically generated one, but you look at Steven Goskowski having one of the lowest touchback rates for any kicker in the NFL and Cordarell Patterson's willingness to, you know, who's been a Pro Bowl special teamer, uh, his willingness to take the ball, you know, four, five, six yards deep out of the end zone. I, I like plus 190 on the opening kickoff being a touchback, or excuse me, the opening kickoff not being a touchback. That's interesting. Yeah, uh can't really comment on that, um, you know, with an, a, an educated analysis. So, uh, you know, you're getting 90 cents, and nothing wrong with that. One of the things that, that I think has been compelling is you look at a lot of these props involve Todd Gurley, and it, what we saw was either uh, an underperforming or an underhealthy Todd Gurley in the NFC Championship game. And we're not going to see any action from him until the Super Bowl. So a lot of these props that are out there with – you know, his, his, you know, total yardage, total catches, total targets, total, uh, you know, touchdowns, what have you. And they're all kind of weird because we don't know uh, what's going to happen. Now, what I've seen, and you and I briefly emailed about this, when Gurley's total for rushing yards came out, I think they said it in the high 60s originally. Uh, and then a lot, with the stuff I was reading, they said a lot of the sharps bet that down, and I saw as low as 59 and a half. Like I said, I think that was on FanDuel I saw that. But you said everywhere you've looked, it's at like 63 and a half, 64 and a half. Is there any value in betting the over on that, um, you know, given that, that it got bet down so far, or is that one that you're just staying away from because of the, the girly health issue? Okay, so so that's a uh, a really good example of the value probably being there early on if you were able to catch it. So I I actually got on Gurley on the over on Gurley when it was at sixty one and a half. I caught it, uh, and as a matter of fact, that same day, like just a little while after I put it or put the over in, it went to sixty three and a half on the site that I was using. So they started moving it pretty quickly. So. I think where it is right now, 63 and a half, 64. If you know, if you've been paying attention, then you probably realize that that this is this is where it's going to stay. Now maybe it's going to move up a little bit right before game time. By the way, another rule: most of these props move quite a bit bef- the day of the game. So if you're you know if you're betting you know if you're betting in, on in, during the season, lines um, that you're going to see on Sunday, literally an hour before the game could be 20, 30 cent difference than the lines that you're wow. seeing early in the week. So, you know, if you're somebody who's kind of looking for that advantage, if you're looking, you know, to try to find that value, the best thing to do is wait, wait right before game time. Um, so 63 and a half on Gurley, I mean, I think that's probably the right line for it. The last thing I want to bring up before I turn it over to, to see if you, if you want to give away any tips uh, for, for any betters out there. Um, if I like New England to win. 
uh, this game. I like them to cover as well. Now, if they don't, if they somehow lose, um, if somebody is looking to hedge, is it a smart play to hedge with, you know, baby betting on the Super Bowl MVP, Todd Gurley, who's, who went at, te- who's at 10 to 1 right now, Aaron Donald, who had, who's been, you know, obviously a monster on defense, he's at 18 to 1. Or if you want to bet win margin, right now, 4.5 to 1 is the Rams winning uh, by between 1 and 4 points. Would, would you ever recommend hedging for somebody who wants to bet, you know, on the Patriots to cover or Patriots to win or what have you, uh, hedging with, with any of those bets? So hedging is a, is a is a funny term, right? Because when you hedge, you hope to you hope to hit both sides at least a little bit. Uh, you have to you want to have uh, a chance to hit both sides, uh, but you also want to avoid getting middled, right? Because if you're getting middled, you're not really hedging, you know. Um, so I think in this particular case, uh, I'm not really crazy about that type of a hedge, but. I do like the the thought the thought of a of a girly MVP, and I actually put it in as soon as I saw it on my side. I saw it at fifteen and fifteen to one. This was also about wow. middle of last week, and I and we saw that right away. We put it in, and right now I think if you look around, it's around nine and ten to one. I've even seen it lower than that. So I think you know logic dictates that if. If if the Rams win, there's a really strong chance that Gurley could be the guy having the big game. Obviously, it could always it could always be Goff, but it's hard to imagine it not be one of those two. Where if the Patriots win, you know, no one else is winning the MVP except for Tom Brady. I mean, I think we all know that. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good bet. I like that because Gurley, you know, he could easily go for 130 and two touchdowns, and boom, there you go. Right. Four play, four catches. And, and Jared Goff has not been the same quarterback since Cooper Cup went down too. So, it, and I, and I know every Alex, I don't know your thoughts on this, but the the Jared Goff over or under two and a half touchdowns. I've heard nobody say the over on that all week. Every, everybody I've been listening to is say take the under on that. Okay, that may very well be, but what is, you know, what... Um, what's the line? Yeah, what's the line? Yeah, so I think you may be getting like plus 70 or something like that on the over two and a half. And I can't, you know, I must have won this year and over the years, I mean, many times, but just this year because I can remember that far, I must have won at least 10 bets, 10 prop bets on quarterbacks where I either took the under or the over and getting like 65, 70, or 80 cents, and sometimes even two to one. I believe it was, I believe it was Drew Brees where I took the, I think it was under, I think it was under, under two and a half Drew Brees, where it was like some, one of those crazy games, and he only had like one touchdown, and I think I, I, I ended up getting like 80 cents. I forget what it was. But the point is, is, yeah, if you're getting 70 or 80 points, and it's a realistic achievement that, that the player could get to, I, I love that. Yeah, Can you tell us uh, if there's any other props out there that, that you're already locked in on and you don't have to worry about you moving the line with the millions of listeners that are going to, uh, you know, well, bet immediately after listening? Uh, is there yeah. any uh, uh, bets that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, there's, there's one actually that I put in also a few days ago, and I looked at it again today, and it, and it moved significantly. And um, so it, whenever I see that, I you know, obviously it reinforces – you know, I, I look at myself in the mirror and I, you know, pat myself on Yo, better, on the shoulder, tell myself how smart I am. So anyway, 
It's um it was um it was Patriots touchdown any other than passing. So that means that uh the one side is the the first touchdown is a passing touchdown and the uh, the other side is any other touchdown other than passing. So I guess that could be rushing or special teams. And I got plus 227 on that. Uh, which I thought wow. was pretty good. Uh, I said, you know, I, I, I get that passing touchdown is probably the is definitely the favorite, but getting almost two and a half to one, I thought was uh, was really good odds. And today, when I looked at it again on that same site, it was down to plus one fifty. So I thought that was in good shape. Wow, so, nice score. That's yeah. Well, that seems about right. 150. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I do mean, think that that seems about right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Sony Michelle angle, the thing about pass interference in the end zone or anything like that. I mean, and Sony Michelle's been great. James Devlin's been a great goal linebacker, too. I mean, they, they've been very successful. Tom Brady could sneak it in. Who knows? He does do that. All I know is that they won't be throwing it to Tom Brady after no. last year's debacle. Alex, I do have one question. I'm, I'm not sure how much of a fan you are last night, but the old runner for oh. the star single band yeah. is about a minute and 47 or a minute and 50, depending on where you're at. Do you think last night's going to run long or is going to be uh, on the under? So a minute, a minute forty. I believe Pinnacle had it a hundred and eight seconds. What is that? That's a minute forty eight, right? Yeah, a minute forty eight. Yeah. He knew that. Yep. He, he didn't know. I didn't know you were gonna know this question. No, no, dude. I, I, I've, I've been studying the super, the Super Bowl bets, uh, props. I spent a lot of time on, so I, I, you know, I could kind of back up, you know, <laughs> the what I, what I claim to know. Well, I know, I know his business has been slipping the last week, so I, I kind of get it. <laughs> um, yeah, so 100, I think, uh, so Pinnacle, the reason why I refer to Pinnacle all the time, it's, it's kind of like the, the gold standard of the offshore. So if you ever want to look something up, like, by the way, so, okay, so another rule. Um, if you live in a, in, a, in a state where you have access to various sports books, the more sports books you have access to, the more you, all, you should all use them. And the reason why is because unlike – sports betting where the line is is going to be pretty steady on NFL like you know college football it moves college basketball it moves quite a bit but um and and uh, prop betting it's going to move quite a bit as well so it's always good to have several bets and then what I do is I have my gold standard which is kind of the Westgate um the Westgate is the gold standard uh online pinnacle is the gold standard so you always you know, if you if you're not sure if you if you see a line and you you want to kind of check it to see if 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 the side that you're looking at is is the value side, check again check it against Pinnacle or check it against Westgate, and and see what that looks like. So so that's something that I do quite a bit. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you 100 uh, percent on that. That uh, shop around uh, for sure uh, makes a lot of sense. You know what? The getting back to the little black night thing. What did you like? Over under, I'm glad I said yeah. that. I, I was. You're um, a politician. You don't watch us. No, no, that's, that's not. That is. I, I can tell you that a few years ago, we got a tip. My buddy and I got a tip on the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, because we, we have. We know some people. Being in New York, you kind of sometimes know someone who knows someone who knows something about something. And uh, that was the case when the person who was singing, and I can't remember who it was, but they said, it's guaranteed to go under. There's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. This is a quick singer. It's staying under. And, uh, and we put that in. So I think that's really the only, the only time I would, I would bet a, 
you know, I would, I would do something like that. It's kind of similar, Dave, to that uh, Stefan Ridley tip that I got a few years back. Remember that? <laughs> I've been trying to forget it. Did he do numbers that year? I don't know if he did numbers uh, that year. Yeah. He so, did numbers. He told me yeah, he did numbers. Um, yeah, because the two schools of thought I've heard with, with the Gladys Knight thing is like, oh, she's totally old school, so she's going to keep it tight, you know, get it over with. It's not a pop and circumstance thing. Uh, then I also heard she's 70 years old. It's going to take a long time for her to get this song out. So I don't know. I wouldn't know how to how to bet that I one. Well, I, you won't be talking, I, I don't even know what we're doing for the Super Bowl if we are doing anything. Yeah, I have no I idea. There, there was another um, – I was listening to Sirius XM this morning. I think it was Craig mentioned Jim Bowden were talking with – I can't remember who. I, somebody from Visa maybe. I, I can't remember. But um, – Somebody asked Todd Gurley on, on in, uh, yeah, but I mean they they they, they there's uh, they're like sisters, um, yeah, but they had a lot of decent guys on this week. Um, but they they stated that somebody on Instagram asked Todd or maybe it was Twitter asked Todd Gurley what his favorite Gatorade uh, was that he likes, and he, and Gurley put out on Twitter like, oh, ice punch for sure, or something like that, which is clear, and you can bet on the color of Gatorade that will be dunked on on the coach, oh, trying to get some inside info, and Gurley's like, well. You know, I don't know what they're going to have up there, but this is my favorite. You know, so then that's another like inside info for anybody who's yeah. on Twitter can can get that info. Right. Uh, Alex, listen, uh, this this has been great. Uh, is there anything that we're parting word uh, of advice for any novice betters or some experienced betters uh, that you would give to them on uh, Super Bowl weekend? Well, so everything I said kind of probably goes out the window. If you just want to, you know, put in a couple of plays and just want to have a good time. I mean, if you're just, you know, if you find two, three, four, five plays and you just want to put them in, it doesn't really matter if you're getting, you know, five, five cents more, five cents less. You're just having a good time, right? But I think if if you're going to be doing this and you're actually going to be have expect have expectations of of winning, um, I think you got to do it right. And also, I, my suggestion would be the more prop plays you put in, the more prop prop plays you could find that you like, uh, the better that I found my odds were. So like on a typical week in some of the years that I used to put in uh, weekly props, um, I would put in between 30 and 50 props on the afternoon games and maybe like another 15 to 20 in the, in the, in the four o'clock games. So the more you could find that you like regular season. Wow. In the regular season, correct. In the regular season. That's a lot. So, so in the cor- during the course of a Sunday, including the Sunday night game, I could have you know sometimes over 80, 80, uh, 80 props. Um, and wow. you know, I felt like I felt like if I go because I put I, I because I bet so many that were I was getting a plus, you know, plus fifteen, plus twenty, plus fifty, and because I you know I would hit them with some consistency. Even if I went 50, you know, if I had a 50% win rate, oh, and, and also because I, I didn't lay as much wood, you know, I didn't lay those minus 70s and minus 80s. So I felt like even if I, if I went, uh, if I had a 50% win rate, I would still come out ahead. So, so that's my final advice is, uh, you know, bet as many as you, as you can. Don't be afraid to bet a lot if you're betting smart. So this actually goes right into a question that Aces Rebels had in the chat room. And he's talking about the Super Bowl in general, and he, or in particular, I should say. He was wondering the quantity of prop wagers you made in the Super Bowl over the years. Is it a constant number, or is it changing? Have you been betting more Super Bowl props over the years, or are you kind of tailored it back a little bit, or what are you, where are you at in the Super Bowl? 
Uh, for the Super Bowl, I, I I have no particular amount because they uh, they keep making more and more. You know, they could put a, putting out as as many as they could think of. So when I see one that I like, I'm gonna put it in. And if there's a hundred of them that I see that I like, I'm gonna put in a hundred. But if if there's only twenty, I'm only gonna put in twenty. So in other words, if there's only twen you likes, you're gonna take that big fat stack of Ben Franklin and you're gonna put it right back in your pocket. You're like, I'm not laying 140. I'm not <laughs> that that's exactly right. And and by the way, and by the way, stay away from all of that nonsense about like what is you know the winning you know the. Uh, Edelman is going to catch between 61 and 70 yards, or the winning margin is going to be between, you know, 10 and 15, or 15 and, like, and 20. That that, like, that you know like what that's like. That, like no, that was, was, that's like playing the wheel in the casino. It's like you know that big wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah. that's what you're doing. It's playing the wheel. It's the worst odds ever. Do not – you see those? Just scroll right down past those. All right. I like that. That's, um, you know what? That right there in and of itself is worth the price of admission, which is zero. But, I mean, it's, seriously, it's like that is – a lot of people bet that. They're like, oh, I can see the Patriots winning my X to this. But it's like it's such a small window. It is a, it's, like going to, it's like going to the carnival and trying to play the – hit the midway, hit the – Hit the balloons three and early, get the ZZ top mirror, and all of a sudden it's not the big mirror, and you want the bigger one, and all of a sudden where's the where's the stuffed animal, and you get screwed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay away from those. <laughs> stick stick to the well, and and plus those don't have lines that move. So maybe you know I just thought of I guess a, a rule of thumb. Stick to the lines that move. Okay, so if you if a, if one side can move and the other side can move, then those are the plays that you want to look at. Uh, great right. stuff. Good well, advice. And uh, the last uh, what 45 plus minutes have been uh, chock full of great Super Bowl prop betting advice. You follow him on Twitter at Alex underscore FFPC. He is the prognosticator. Joining us uh, every year on Super Bowl weekend to offer some tips and tricks for those of you wanting to get a little action on the game. Can we get a uh, final prediction uh, on the game from you, Alex? Final score, winner? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a Giants fan, uh, but I'm a secret. Uh, I'm a secret Belichick and Brady fan as well. Um, also because we beat them, we beat them both times. So I, I don't feel I don't feel I need to hate them. So I, I'm secretly rooting for both of them. Uh, so my prediction is they win. Uh, last question, I promise. Aces Rebels wants to know: if, Have you ever bet on any in-game prop wagering? I, I would imagine if there's any in-game props, they'd, they'd be available in the Super Bowl. Have you ever taken advantage of that? No, I haven't gotten into those. I think that's. A little too hectic for me, you know. I, I I'm not sure if I'm if I'm into that. Maybe maybe that's the the new kind of you know the new generation. Everything needs to happen fast. I kind of like to sit back and just look at stuff. Yeah. Once the game kicks off, you want to cut the tip off the cigar, yeah. pop open the you know the 24 year old scotch, right? Yep. Put it in the thing with no ice and, and be be done with it. Yeah, that's the way to do it. That's that's the way we'll all be doing it. And then get on the skis and go down the hall, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Smoking a cigar and drinking the, the uh, single malt. Every time up. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, man, this has been fun. Thanks so much for joining us uh, this week. Enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday, man. All right. You too. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Alex. Alex Kaganowski, co-founder of the FFPC, the prognosticator. I think that's the most airtime we've ever given him, and let me tell that's you, good. it was worth it. Right. You should have, I mean, you should come on more frequently. Yeah, we, we should, should do that. Random crap. 
what other random crap? He knows a lot of stuff. Well, he does. Like, I, like I mean, other than fantasy can, football? Yeah, first of all, he can tell you all politics, the Politics, religion. He can tell you all the bad moves that our competitors are making. Uh, don't. So why would you? you that's not, about that. It's so not here nor there. It's ridiculous <laughs> I mean, to even bring up. I'm totally kidding. He can tell you a lot about fantasy. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he, he doesn't know much about dynasty. He tries not to know a lot about dynasty. What, on purpose? Yeah, he doesn't really. You know, he doesn't. He, he loves our dynasty format. He just, just doesn't play, so he doesn't, right. I he doesn't try to pretend to know about it. That's fun. Uh, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is your uh, this has been your supersized HSFF hour uh, this weekend. I want to thank uh, Mike Pareka. I want to thank uh, the prognosticator Alex Kaganowski, uh, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob, our mutual friend and producer, and Bryce, our audio engineer. My apologies, guys. I think it's the first time I mentioned you on the show tonight. So thanks for all your hard work. Uh, yes, exactly. Check out those Dynasty Orphans and all those 2019 best ball leagues right now at myffpc.com. We're going to see if we can get a uh, five- to six-figure winner on the show next week, Dave. No guests lined up yet. We'll see what happens with the playoff challenge. Good luck to all of you competing in that. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a lot of fun. We'll be back next Friday at 10, 9 Central. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. Your big game weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dog stay on the court. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. You saw the list of the, the props that I like. Did you like any of them out of all those ones I listed? Um... I like the game. You know, I actually do like James White over 53 and a half. The touchback I, uh, thing, I think you seem to be keen on. Yeah, that was smart. That's touchback. one, Andy. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Well, Leo brought up on the show today. He's like, hey, if their line's kicking off, that thing's booming through the uprights. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and but New England normally defers. That's the other thing, you know. So maybe the Rams and, I don't know. There's, there's, I think they all defer. Don't they all defer? I guess McVay does quite a bit, too. So it's basically who's winning the coin toss. Yeah, it's a defer. So in other words, Defer to the second half. So the opening kickoff touchback is a no for whomever? There's going to be an opening kickoff. It so doesn't matter who's kicking. All right, so yeah. yeah. That's fine. I mean, I mean, so in other words, you're saying that a zero-line kick is for sure a touchback. Uh, that was Leo's argument. Right. My argument was that um, uh, if, if he is still – because he was, you know, on the injury report after – Yeah, and I wonder if it was, you know – putting some extra leg into that 57-yard field goal. So I don't know. I got you. Anything else or no? Um, I think Gurley at 15-1, to 10-1, not quite. I mean, even 10-1 is not bad. Well, you bet, yeah, I guess that's how it's settled there, 9-1, 10-1. It's 10-1, I mean, it's not bad. Because it's like, okay, even a two-and-a-half-point dog, this the Rams are maybe, you know, plus 140 to win the game or something like right. that, plus yeah. 150. So if they win the game, that's like a 40% odds. I mean, the odds of Gurley being the MVP are definitely better than – I think they're better than 50-50, or at least they're about 50-50. Right. I always have some rough games, but I mean, good God. The guy is a super stud. I think there's probably a 50% chance, 60% chance he goes off this game. Um, do you want to guess who had the worst slash best odds, I don't know how you want to phrase it, of, you know, who the most likely winner of the Super Bowl MVP award was? Brady? Yeah. You know what he was at? 3-1? Uh, 2-1. He was uh, minus 700. Shut up. No, I'm just kidding. He was plus 125. <laughs>
that's more likely. Yeah. yeah, well, more likely because it was true. Enjoy the game, everybody. Thanks so much for uh, listening to the entire show. We'll be back after the Super Bowl.